It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, my friends. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. I went a bit Jeremy Clarkson there. With me, your host. <clears throat> no, I didn't. We start today with Newcastle, or Newcastle, as some people call it, and they've appointed Edwin Howe as their new manager until the summer of 2024. Here's how it all unfolded on TalkSport across the evening, starting with my show, Andy Goldstein's Drive Time. Breaking news on TalkSport. Eddie Howe is the new Newcastle manager. He's agreed a contract at St James's Park, keeping him there till summer 2024. I think he's a perfect antidote in many ways. Eddie Howe, a much more positive manager, likes to play a free-flowing style. What he did at Bournemouth, I thought, was, was remarkable in terms of where he took them. They need to put somebody in situ to get them over this particular hurdle. Then a relegation fight, I'm not so sure. All this talk of identity, style of play, he scores goals, he develops players... They don't need that right now. When he finished ninth in the Premier League, they had the, the 16th best uh, defence mm. in the league. In fact, there has been a bottom five defence every single season he was in the Premier League. I think Heddy Howe is one that ticks the box, that, that can keep them up, and he's also one for the future for where he's modern thinking in the football that he wants to play. He's a good coach. I can see training being good. Um, I can see he's being more organised, having an identity. Yeah. I just think he'd do such a great job at, at this point of where Newcastle are, where they're heading. Now, staying with managers, and the search begins for Dean Smudger-Smith's successor at Aston Villa. The Rangers manager, Stephen Gerrard, has been one of the few names mentioned for the job. We'll hear from his former teammate, Danny Murphy, Moni Moni, Simon Jordan, and the Villa legend that is Gabby Agbonlahor, who have all had their say on a crazy, wasn't really crazy, 48 hours at Villa Park. Me, Laura, I feel like he, he still had credit in the bank, you know. I feel that he comes to Aston Villa, went on an unbeaten run, got them promoted, kept them up the following season. Then last season, he done a great job. I am absolutely in the camp that there is never a manager getting fired in this day and age more often than not that doesn't deserve it and is surprised by it. In the summer, they lose the talisman, their best player. It was always going to be hard. Yes, he got money to spend to bring in players, but then players haven't performed. I think Villa about to overcome injuries and the loss of their best player and they were probably reformulating again. Five games in a row, yes, that's a bad record to lose. But, you know, a couple of wins, Laura. The next game, mm. Brighton at home, where you probably fancy Villa to get a result. I just feel that he deserved a bit more time. My first reaction was when I saw the result on Friday. Hmm. But I didn't think, given the nature of the relationship with the owners and the journey that they've been on, 
that five games of poor form was really a background for taking Dean Smith out. I would be very surprised, very surprised, if he was to leave Rangers to go to Villa. I'd love him to come, Laura. I feel that, like, watching his passion on the side um, with Rangers, watching how Rangers play football, um, I think it'd be a great sign for Aston Villa. There's only so far you can take Villa. Villa. You know, the, the ceiling is low. There is an assumption, and I'm not in that camp right now, that Stephen Gerrard is an elite manager. I don't think he's an elite manager. I think he's managing in a league which has two teams that can really compete for it. If you ask me a question about his mentality, I would suggest that he wants to be at the top of the tree in, in management yeah. in terms of competing for winning leagues, Champions Leagues and, and European trophies. I think it's absolutely right that a stepping stone comes between him and Liverpool because I think the gap is quite significant. And I think Villa do have the capacity to be a big side in the Premier League. As I've said before, his ultimate ambition would be to manage Liverpool. Is there another stepping stone between Rangers and Liverpool? I'm not so sure there is. I feel like it's the right time now for him to come to Aston Villa. And that might be a stepping stone for him before he be, he, he's future might be um, the Liverpool job that you want. Now the fallout continues from Manchester United's 2-0 defeat to Manchester City on Saturday with the spotlight still firmly on under-fire manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Shortly, we'll hear from treble winner Dwight York, Trevor Sinclair and Jamie O'Hara. But here's the former England midfielder Danny Murphy who believes the club have to sack Solskjaer if they are to be competitive. Michael Oliver brings the game to a close and puts Manchester United out of their misery. I actually like Ole Gunnar. How can you not like him? But he doesn't make a good manager and ultimately he's competing against some of the best managers in the world. So therefore, if United want to be competitive, they need to change and do it quickly. But for some reason, they're not. He's got to this point and he can't take it to the next step because he's now, he's got a team that should be able to challenge for the title in terms of the individual's but when he's coming up against the elite, against the Klopp, against the Guardiola, he, he can't compete. The situation is not really great. Uh, I have to be honest about that. Uh, I think Oli and the players know that. The fan knows that. Everybody who loves football knows that. Watching the game, it looks to me like the fans don't really want to get on Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's back. But they, it's kind of they almost just know what the outcome's going to be now. It was dominant from City in every aspect of football. With the ball, without the ball, running, desire. Tactical, everything. It was uh, embarrassing performance. The lack of togetherness, the lack of performance, the lack of anything from Manchester United was pretty awkward because you don't want to see a derby like that. I feel like Manchester United went into that game just knowing that they were going to get beat. There's no belief in the squad. In my opinion, I think we have a, a squad of players that is capable of winning the Premier League and I'm going to be honest about that. Now that squad is big enough to rotate, change players, give players more kicks up the backside. There's no repercussions for performance, level of performance. The respect's not quite there, is it? I look at the team and it, it should be competing so much uh, higher up the table. I mean, they're sixth place now, but I watch the way that they play and it's just not the Man United that I used to know and love. It was almost like they were... You're playing against the under-16s. They've come in to do a little bit of work against the first team and you're just bopping them all over the place. There, were, there, were, there was that much difference between the two sides. Look, they're way off. This game at the weekend was another example. It was a perfect example of how far away they are from being competitive with the big boys. It's no surprise that you know we are under the crush at the minute because of the results hasn't been going. And that's not just for Oli, but for any other manager. Although it was 2-0, it was probably the widest 2-0 I've ever watched. I mean, it's just crazy that we are... Where we are is just kind of really heartbreaking at times to watch. They look scared. You know, they come up against Man City and they look scared. Where do we go from here? Um, finally, you've got to make some tough decisions, but that's up to the board. 
And until then, you know, we, we, we as ex-players and ambassadors got to support Oli all the way. Elsewhere, the co-owner of West Ham United, David Gold, has been speaking to TalkSport after the Hammers moved into the Premier League's top three with a 3-2 win over Liverpool on Sunday. We'll hear from Moni Moni Simon Jordan again, but first here's Gold, who was speaking to Jim White on TalkSport. Listen to that roar! West Ham's incredible start to the season continues. It finishes at the London Stadium. West Ham 3, Liverpool 2. So happy after a long, tough couple of seasons that we've had at the uh, London Stadium. But it all came it all came good yesterday. Brilliant. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't be like, oh, what? Would it, not? Would it not shock you? No, not, not the way they're playing, the confidence. The the, I think there's a couple of reasons why. Cool. I, I think they have got an unbelievable 11, and I think Moyes knows his best 11. But he's also got some experience now players who have played for him for a few years now to come off the bench. There's a lot going right and there's a lot less noise about how the stadium doesn't contain an atmosphere and how this and how that and how the other because team's winning. Do you know I want to be really positive all the time and I'd like to turn around and say that's what we can do but I don't see that at the moment. He's uh, he's very easy to work with, he's a proper person, certainly one of the best managers I've ever worked with You know, in my 27 years in, in football. And I'm so pleased for him because he's worked so hard. The Hammers are in dreamland. They go into the third international break of the season, third in the table, and just who knows what this season could hold for David Moyes' side. I see us challenging whoever are the top four. I think we're, we've got a team, we, whoever the top four are going to be, I don't know. We're a bit of luck, we might be one of them. But I want to, whoever they are, I want to see if we can challenge them and give ourselves an opportunity. But the bottom line is David Gold and David Sullivan have facilitated the building of a very decent side right now and they need to be given just as much praise as everybody else. What West Ham have got at the moment is a really, really nice balance. They defend really well, compact together and when they go forward, they do it together in numbers. It was just amazing. Absolutely extraordinary. West Ham also were up there last year for a large part of the season, weren't they? They were up there. People thought they're going to get into the Champions League. Why should we not be thinking that we've got a chance to be around here? But we're certainly not getting carried away. We're still still pretty new to it here, and uh, and it's feeling really good at the moment. I've got to tell you. He got a guard of honour as he walked into the uh, into the ballroom. It was fantastic. They've just got to calm down. And even if West Ham were to finish sixth this year, I still think it's an outstanding season. I don't think it's a bad season. No, is that it's not failure seventh? And no, no I don't think it's a, it's it's just reaffirming but they're in it they're in it and improving nobody's getting in the top three Liverpool, City and Chelsea will be the top three and if if they're not I'd be gobsmacked and if United remain with Ollie, then West Ham have got a chance Now the new chair of Yorkshire County Cricket Club Lord Patel has praised Azim Rafiq for speaking out about his experiences of racism at the club Patel has since apologised to Rafiq and has revealed he's settled his employment tribunal We'll hear from Patel himself, Darren Goff, England cricketer, Moeen Ali and the Daily Mail's Paul Newman, who have all been speaking to TalkSport. I will be commissioning a specialist independent review of processes and procedures on diversity and inclusion. This is a famous cricket club that has been badly run for a long, long time and it has to try and recover because it 
offers a lot to the community. They haven't covered themselves in glory at all, the ECB. I'm afraid they've had a terrible year. All sorts of things have, have gone wrong for them. Um, they should have got involved in this far earlier than they did. I think it's brilliant. And like I said, in terms of, it doesn't look great right now, but hopefully in the future, it will make a massive impact on this whole situation with uh, what's going on right now. I think in the future, it will make a huge impact on um, and that's what we want, and I'm sure that's what Azim wants, and that's what everybody wants. We need to look at our processes and procedures around reporting incidents of racism, abuse, discrimination, or bullying of any kind. This can come back stronger. Yorkshire can come back stronger and understand all race, all religion. It can do if we get the right people in place to make us a better county. Tom Harrison said that they finally got involved, really when it became clear that Yorkshire weren't going to take any disciplinary action, but they should have got involved far earlier. The environment is really important, and when the environment is right, that sort of language doesn't come out, and that sort of banter, banter what people say, doesn't really come out, and that's really important. They couldn't have handled this any worse, could they? This is this will go down as the, the absolute textbook case of how not to handle uh, something like this. Our fans, the cricketing world, and the wider public need to trust that we are fit for purpose. And it's a great start. From Lord Patel, I think he was outstanding. Under that pressure, in front of the world's media, I thought he delivered a great speech. Hopefully these are huge steps going forward and in the future this sort of mindset won't be around. We're ready to believe and we're ready to change. I suppose while I've been speaking today, I'm acutely aware of the need for actions, not just simply words. What Lord Patel has done is, is completely transform it. It was a remarkable performance. I mean, he's been in charge, he's been chair of Yorkshire for 72 hours. But what he's done is is do something that Yorkshire should have done two or three years ago and we would never have been in this, this mess in the first place. That's what should have been done 12 months ago, two years ago, and it wasn't. Yorkshire had so many chances to address this properly and it's taken them until today with them on the brink of implosion to do so. There is going to be uh, big changes. And I, don't, I don't know one thing that ECB has always, in my opinion, since I've been playing, is to try and really push those boundaries and try and open up those avenues for everybody. Really. What Lord Patel has done is completed 72 hours' remarkable work, and there's real hope now that this, this business can be put to bed. There's real hope now that, that, that Yorkshire can, a new Yorkshire can, can emerge from this. Uh, and really, it's uh, it's been a remarkable day for Yorkshire and the game and and you have to say a remarkable 72 hours for Lord Patel Well that's it for another podcasty thing, thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from, make sure to hit that subscribe button, I'm back this afternoon for another instalment of Andy Goldstein's Drive Time alongside Darren Goff the cricket legend at 4pm there will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening, my friends. Have a lovely day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.